Doing great. Just got back from practice. It was a little longer today, but uh, yeah. Locker rooms uh, are in full bloom in the NFL again, which is good. It's good, yeah. I'm, I'm adjusting. I'm trying to get used to that because we didn't have any of that in college. But uh, no, it's good atmosphere. The guys are actually willing to talk, so that always makes it easier. And you know what's interesting is that, like, since the Lions are so young, it's going to be even more so on their team. There's, like, probably, like, 70% of the Lions roster has never been in an open. Like, they don't even know what this is. This is the yeah. first, like, couple days here that they've done this. This is the first time I've ever had this because, like, Okuda's class – the 20, they didn't, we didn't get to go in in 2020. We didn't get to go in in 2021 ever. So we never got to see it. You know, we got, it was a little better in 21, right? Yeah. But it, yeah. Some of those guys brand new. A- any first year player since 2020 has not yeah. dealt with this before. Nope. So brand new. That's pretty crazy. And yeah. the last time, you know, I was talking to you before we got on the show. It was interesting because I wanted, first thing I wanted to know was how many guys were in the room. And you said quite a bit, you know, 20 something guys, which, you know, it's half the team that were hanging out in there, which is, Encouraging to me because it used to be when we'd go in there, there'd be like two guys in there, <laughs> and that's it. And it would be like they couldn't get out of there fast enough. But in any event, Lions, of course, off to an 0 1 start uh, and a tough loss to Philly, uh, a game that uh, was familiar and frustrating and all the things for, for Lions people, I think. Uh, Colton, before we sort of dissect the game apart, though, um, we started to talk about this earlier today and we got cut off, but the the crowd was. Legit. And I think yes. we all thought it would be legit uh, in, in terms of, you know, I know what to expect, I suppose, in, in, a, in a Lions when it's really legit, when people are really there ready to roll. Yeah. And I knew that that would be that. Were you, I felt like you were a little surprised that uh, how loud it got in there. Were you not? Were, were you I, like, okay, here we go? I was. And it wasn't like, I know Lions fans are obviously passionate. I'm not sure, trying yeah. to say that they're not. But it was just like when you're in there and you're like, okay, this team... You know, it's the first game, I get it, but I just want to see, like, how much of, you know, how much of that excitement was going to be there in, in, in game one, coming off hard knocks, coming off all that stuff, and really the last few years have not been great, so I get it if, if people weren't excited, but we got in there, and, like, right before kickoff, it's, like, bumping, and I'm just, like, I turn to you, I'm just, like, holy shit, like, this is pretty crazy, yeah. Yeah, like, everybody was hammered, tailgate was going, it was a nice day out, all that, which is festive. And it felt, you know, it you know, it reminded me of, you know, a couple times, I guess, when they started the 2019 season before Patricia, everybody had totally soured on him. It was still pretty rocking in there. But 2018, the very beginning of the Patricia era, it was like a Monday night game, rock and roll, and they got a pick six to start the thing. It sounded like a Jets taking off of the building, you know, because that thing can get hot in yeah. there. And then everything falls apart, and then everybody's just like, what the hell? <laughs> and this game... Sort of kind of felt like that a little bit for a minute because last year's season opener, same thing. Hot crowd to start, and they were getting their ass kicked for the first, like, 28 minutes, and most people left. Yeah. But the half that stayed got to see the really passionate, hard-charging comeback, and it was pretty rocking in there at the end, even with the half-full crowd against San Francisco last year. This year, they fall behind, whatever it was, going into the fourth quarter. Nobody left. Yeah. Nobody stayed because they knew... That okay, this we we now have an expectation for effort, fight, all that, and the Lions delivered on that front. But the rest of it, I feel like, is still one of those. Ugh. But also, you know, by and large, though, it was a hell of a day, right? I mean, the atmosphere was yes. impressive. I mean, you could definitely tell the crowd was going as the team went. Um, yeah. So, like, even the first drive, like when they come out, they score the touchdown. Like that's when it was really loud. And then late in the fourth quarter, like when they're kind of they scored the touchdown to make it, you know, thirty eight, thirty five. Knock a pass down, or yeah, maybe it, it, they got off. It was like a third down. I think so. They, they got off the field. Like, that's when it was. I was like, Oh my god, I had my binoculars on, yeah, I could, like my eyes were like rumbling with the you know, because it was slopping. Yeah. yeah, no, that was awesome though. I like, I was very impressed. Yeah, it was uh, an impressive day from a fan standpoint. Uh, Lions, uh, game itself, however, um, you know, I don't know, it's one of those things. There's a reason why we don't do this show on Mondays. Um, although we maybe going forward we can do something on Tuesdays. It's because we want to watch the thing and watch back and, and have enough time. Um, and there's a lot to be encouraged about in this thing and a lot to be sort of like frustrated about. Um, and I had a lot of people sort of tell me they didn't really know how to feel about it. It was one of those things where it was like, well, uh, I don't know. It, it I expected more, but maybe I was dumb for expecting more or maybe I didn't expect more. To me, it was about what I thought we would see. And I was going to ask you sort of like, were there things that surprised you before we sort of dissect this thing? Or 
or was this by and large about what you thought you'd see? I would say for the most part, it was about what I what I expected. Um, you know, I expected the Eagles to win. I actually expected them to win by more. So the fact that it was sure. they, they made it close to me in a game was, I think, encouraging. But it, like, it's it's weird. Like, I don't know if I have a good you know pulse on on things right now because I'm still an outsider. Yeah. But I came away from that game thinking, all right. I mean, you didn't win, obviously, but you showed some good things. But everyone else is like, oh, same old Lions. You know, they start hot. They you know they they come back. They fall short. They still lose. Like we've seen the story before. So I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm coming out. You know, as for, with this outsider's perspective, but this is still a young team, arguably the youngest team or second youngest team, something like that in the NFL. In the NFL yeah, yeah um, you know, year two of a rebuild. Like, I don't know what you're expecting. Like, this is a good Philly team. Like, it's, I know there's no, people don't like moral victories here, but like, you played a really good playoff caliber team and you held your own until the very end. Like, I think that shows that there's something to work with here. Like, I don't think this team is going to go like 3 13 and 1 anymore. So, yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, fixing some things, maybe have better matchups going forward. Like Jalen Hurts kind of, you know, gashed that defense in so many ways just with his legs. So when you're playing a guy like Carson Wentz, who's a little less mobile, you might get home on some of those sacks. You might get off the field a little earlier, you know, give up fewer points. Your offense can still kind of put put things on the board. So I think there are reasons to be encouraged, but I I guess I do understand some of the fans. I've been watching this team for, you know, 50-plus years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, you know, the general theme of an NFL game and how it ends up, they're all the same, to be fair. I mean, everybody sort of wins and loses the same way, one way or the other. But I think with with this one, you know, it's interesting because I think when the Lions go back and they really dissect it and look at it offensively, they're going to see how much they left on the field against, like you said, Colton, a really good Really good football team. There are some, dude, not just on offense. You know, Jalen Hurts is going to be one of the more unique, I think, run threats they see. You know, Justin Fields is a run threat, but not quite like that. Not quite like Hurts is, you know, in terms of just the immediate, like, put his foot in the ground and go. Fields is a little more shake shake to him, I guess. You know, you're going to see guys like Rodgers who can escape a little bit, but not quite like that. You know, so I'm not as discouraged with those types of things. Although, I, you know, you want to see that finish, but that's something I think you can kind of fix as you go. Offensively, though, I, got, I kind of came away from it being like, man, they had opportunities on almost... They did something. I wrote down today because I was doing something for later in the week. Like, they did something okay on, like, every possession. They did something positive with the ball, whether it was a crap drive that they screwed up for one reason or another or whatever, and there's still a lot of that stuff going on. But they did something okay on every drive to a point of it didn't feel like it's felt in years past where there were hopeless stretches or whatever. The way that they can run the ball and sort of teams have to respect that, that's why I think people might have been frustrated. And that's why I think I understood that because it, and Campbell sounded frustrated too because, yeah. shoot, Goff's, what did Goff say? We could have scored 50. They could have scored in the 40s, right? Yeah. 35. I mean, yeah, I think they could have scored in the 40s easily or maybe 50. I don't know. Maybe 50s. Even what. But, I mean, yeah, the, yeah. the the pass that was just out of uh, Josh right. Reynolds' hands, yeah. that's a touchdown. He catches that to the DB fell. DB yeah. fell. It's 50, 60 yards. You're yeah. walking into the end zone if that's a connection there. Yeah. So, uh, I get yeah. it. Yeah, I do too. I mean, and there was a couple, like, when I went back on the on – the, and, you know, we'll, we'll go into golf here in a second. We'll, we're talking offense here to start. Um, and really the game comes down to, you know, the first drive, they go out and they establish what they want to do on the ground. Uh, they move the ball, all those things. The second, I think it was three possessions were punt, 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 and then pick or something like that. Or maybe it was punt, punt, and then pick, something like that. I think it's um, it was three, three in a row. Three, three and then the – yeah. And then so all three of them, there was like uh, – at one point, I think on a third down, there was a snap miscommunication and they didn't know what quite route they were running or, you know, I think Goff and somebody else were off base on one. There was a drop, I think, in there. It was just like, what the hell, a penalty in there – uh, there was a, a snap on the ground later in a game that normally never happens. And, you know, those things are all real. Those things all really happen because, and those are things that are September football that you can necessarily equate to that. But, Colton, I guess the thing that I go that I start with every time, and I wrote about it on Sunday, was golf. And it's like, yeah, but <laughs> you, you every mistake just sits there like a like a cross on the ground that you can't get rid of. If the Eagles make a mistake, they move on from it, and they can erase it. The Lions never can. And that's the thing that I always go back to with Jared Goff and the offense, and that's where it all started and stopped with me when I rewatched this game. And I, I wanted to ask you, you know, 
first look at Jared Goff in an NFL game like this up close. You've seen him in preseason and all this, but like you're some stuff to like, some stuff not to like. I don't know. What do you think of, of Jared on day one here? Yeah, he didn't look great. I mean, I think that's that's fair to yeah, say. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, right. especially especially early. I mean, he started off three three of ten with like six yards. Yeah, and like did not look good. Did not look like the chemistry. The, and that's that's the thing that surprised me because he had great chemistry with his receivers all yes. training camp, and you just didn't see it for like the first quarter and a half, maybe first half entirely, really. Right. Um. So I don't know if that was just okay. He only played one series the entire preseason. He kind of shook that off when he was asked about it, but I think you could tell there's maybe some rust there. Um. But in the second half, I thought he played better. But, you know, again, I understood why you went the way that you went with that story after the game. It's like, you know, Jared Goff, he has limitations. We all know what they are. And, mm-hmm. like, he's not good enough to overcome some of those things. Where you're watching the dude on the other the other side of the field, the other team, um, that just erase plays, like you said. He can scramble. He can move. He can extend plays with his legs. Yep. He can Doesn't have to be perfect. Just, he can operate when things break down around him. And, yep. and Goff just can't. He's not that guy. So... But that's nothing we are we, we didn't already know. It's just kind of right. like how much can they get out of golf with you know his current limitations, and that's something we're gonna have to find out this season. So you know, there's a couple things there, and I think again he battled back and all that, like we say, and this time it was faster than it's been. I will give him that. Uh, the game never really quite felt like uh, after the pick six was pretty rough, but they were kind of right back in it after that, and it felt like you know going into the fourth quarter, I think they were down 17, but they're about to score. So it was like they were kind of in the game. The rest of the way, and Jared, I thought, really did respond well because that's what you're really looking for. It's like, okay, he makes a horrible mistake, uh, throws a pick six in a bad spot after three really bad possessions, and it's like, is this going to be the same thing where it's just building and building and building and he's going to collapse? And then it didn't. Comes right back, they go down score or whatever it was, and, and that's exactly what you want to see. And then he has a nice second half. They get the ball to Swift. They do the things that you want to do. And like you said, Colton, puts the ball right on Josh Reynolds' hands. He's got to make a play there for him. Chark drops the ball you know, near the end zone. He's got to make a play for him. There are things in there that, you know, I liked from Jared. I, I liked that he trusted the offensive line more. He was trusting the protection more, uh, especially later in the game. I would like to see that right away from him, like that sense of urgency that he plays with after he knows that he's just done the thing that he can't do has to be there when the ball kicks off. And I don't understand necessarily with him why we don't always see that, and that's maybe the million-dollar question with a lot of quarterbacks. Um, but Jared Goff, it feels like, is a gunslinger, a, you know, a guy, that's and that's when he's at his best, when he's letting it rip. But it only feels like we get to see that when he's been boxed into a corner and, you know, can't, you know, so usually of his own making. You know, So it's like, when are we going to see him let it rip right off the start? I, I, You know, that's the thing that frustrates you when you watch him. And I know it's been something that I think everybody throughout his entire career that's watched him, you know, there's a video of um, one of the Rams seasons. They did like an inside, I don't know, maybe it was the Rams team that there's a video of McVeigh like talking to Goff before the game. One of the games like, great day to throw, Jared. Great day to throw. Right? I mean, it, great weather. We're going to let it rip today. We're going to, we're just going to throw it, right? And Jared's like, yeah, yeah coach, we're going to throw it. And he's like, oh God, please let it. Like, <laughs> begging him. Try to beg him, you know? And it's yeah. like, that's the frustration with him, man, because where was it at the beginning of the game? Where was it? it you know, all the questions that he got afterward about, hey, man, you didn't pre- play in the preseason. Do you think that? And he was pissed about those questions. He was. But they're fair questions because. I don't know why he was. Yeah. Where was it at the start, right? Like, do you, uh, those weren't unfair questions, I didn't think. Do you disagree no. with that? Yeah. No, I thought it was totally fair. I was, and honestly, I, maybe he just wasn't trying to make an excuse for how he played, but. He's frustrated, I mean, too. I get it. It's after the game. Yeah, but. No, I mean, yeah. everything you said is, is correct. And that's the thing with golf, man. Like, it, when he when he's on, he plays some pretty damn good football. He can make like, some damn good throws. He can, right. Yes, he can. And, like, we saw it late with the, the throw to Chark when Slay was all yeah, over right. him. That was, that, was a, that was a money ball. And mm-hmm. even DJ was like, yeah, Jared told me, because we talked to Chark today, and uh, he was like, yeah, Jared told me that he, like, gave me a look before the play. But I don't even know. It didn't matter because he just threw a perfect ball. So I yeah. got it. But, <laughs> Whatever. Here it comes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if, if that if you can do that one or two times in a game, you can, like, why does it take the third, fourth quarter for that to come on? Like, yeah. Why can't you do that in the first, second quarter? Why are these drives stalling out around you? And I know the drop certainly didn't help. Um, you know, Logan Stenberg had a pretty rough game. I think he, Logan might have been responsible for some of the pressure that was allowed on yeah, the interceptions. Yes. Logan had a rough um, day. 
Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe you know you work on some things. Guys can be more comfortable around you. You know, you shake off the rust, what whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, like golf, he needs to play better, and I think he knows that. Uh, he spoke today. I didn't get a chance to, to be around him, but I'll, I'll check those notes after. And I'm sure he'd say the same thing. I have to play better, and you know, the Lions need him to because I mean, we've said it time and time again. It's a big season, but like if they want to win even eight nine games, like golf yeah. has to be play near perfect football. Best season of his career, right? Like yes. that's what Ben Johnson sort of said it in, in the spring. Like he, when we, I think the first time he talked to the media, like my job here after his promotion, my job is to help Jared Goff have the best season of his life. Like that's what we're trying to do because yeah. that's what needs to happen for him to continue along the ride. And I think that's sort of what everyone, I think that that's what they want to happen. I think that internally they want him to be the guy and, and look, like you just said it, he, he needs to play better. And I think that, when you really go back and you look at it, uh, and there are limitations, like you said, he's never going to be able to make off-platform stuff the way other guys can. But he can play better. He can't because he, he did. He did in that game. Like you know what I mean. He he does that. He goes through. That's the, the thing. You you see it. Yeah. You see it, and it's like it's just not there. So it's not like you're making it up in your head. You're just like he can't. He needs to like you know play better, and he can, and it needs to be for more consistent stretches at the beginning of games. Like let's have it. You are allowed to start out a game hot. Right, you're allowed yeah. <laughs> to start out 14 nothing, and then maybe see what happens, and then throttle back if you want to. Like I think that would be their ideal sort of situation, but they've got to get over this thing with him, and maybe it's the Lions too. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's Johnson, maybe it's Campbell, and maybe it's all three of them. They've got to get over this like tiptoeing into the game thing, you know, where it's like oh, we can't, we just can't. Jared just can't screw up. We can't. We can't. You've got to cut loose and and make sure he's ready to rip at the start because everybody else is going to be, and if you they can't play from behind. That's the other thing is we've seen based on everything they, they do. And it's just like, yeah, I think that that's a fair criticism too. It's maybe, maybe be more aggressive at the start of a game. Maybe that's something that, you know, we could say as they go forward. I don't know. I mean, cause you could tell the defense was gassed. Um, they early, were gassed. The first yeah. Half and, yeah. Um, that's cause the offense was, they had three, three and outs in a row. Like they weren't staying on the field. They yeah. weren't sustaining drives and, on the pick six, so I thank God the pick six actually scored because they would have had to go back out there and <laughs> probably try to yeah right and get more cans yeah. let them another touchdown anyway. So exactly, it's like one of those things. But you know they're correctable and they're one of those deals that you look at it and you say like we said at the top like Philly's a really good team and they are, um, and that's one of those things that you just sort of okay well that's what it is it's week one but also as you move forward those types of things can't come up against a really not good team uh, as we've seen sort of repeat ourselves as we go as we go down the. List here. I know that uh, Swift Colton. He didn't practice today. Is is that correct? He was out. Uh, yeah, I didn't see. I didn't see him out there. I did see him in the locker room. Uh, I didn't notice anything like out of the order. Ordinary. I think it was an ankle issue. Yeah, was what he was officially listed as. Could have been precaution. You know, we'll see what it is tomorrow and Friday. Um, but his debut here in 2022, I think we both knew or thought anyway. I should say, you never know. Thought he was going to have a hell of a start and a hell of a year think he's going to have a hell of a year. And this was everything we thought probably and more, um, you know, it's at one point in the game, I think he had like 10 touches for around a hundred yards and we were talking upstairs and I was like, man, yeah, that needs to be in the twenties and it's going to be like at one fifty or something. It was more than that even at the end. So one one seventy five yeah. total uh, yards of scrimmage on 18 touches. Hell of a start for him. What'd you think yeah. of, uh, of Deandre and, and everything? And I don't think we've even seen sort of all, all that we can see with him here. No, he was great. I mean, yeah. um, fantastic. And the offensive line was, you know, opening yeah. up a ton of holes for him, which is what you want to see. But he was taking advantage of it. He was throwing some stiff arms out there, trying to get yeah. the extra yards. You know, he's doing everything that Deuce has wanted from him. And I think that was so encouraging to see in week one. It's one thing if you, you know, take your time and you get there. But for him to do this week one and be like, yeah, this is the type of season I'm trying to have. Like, I think yeah. that was awesome. That's, that's great for the Lions. Um you know, he's, he says personal goal is to do 1,000 rushing, 1,000 receiving. That's really tough to do, so I don't think he'll get there. But even if he comes somewhat close to that, or that's even the fact that that's on his mind, like, do, do set it himself. Like, if he's challenging himself like that, that's great for us. And I think that's so true with, with a guy like DeAndre Swift. So he seems to be in a good place. We'll see about this, this ankle injury right now. I don't know if it's too much of a thing to be worried about. Um, I guess we'll see if he's out there tomorrow, yeah. what his limitations are there. But um, as far as the season opener, I think that was pretty much all you can ask for from a guy like DeAndre Swift. When he put the foot in the ground and went outside and just went and didn't bother cutting back in on that first one, that, you know, whatever, yeah. like it was a little wham trap that they ran. 
and he went outside and hit the corner and just went. Slay ended up cutting him off, and he stiff-armed him at the end. But, like, that's what we talked about with Swift back in the summer, where it was like, just go. Just go. Don't yeah. screw around. Don't try to cut back. Don't try to mess with this. He had one guy to beat, and he beat him up front. Yeah, yep. just take the dude and dust his ass. And and that's what he did, and he's out in space, and, you know, it takes a 4-3 guy over the top to come get him. And, like, that's what you want. And he did that, like, five times. He turned what runs last year would have been maybe six yards into, like, you know, 15 explosive plays. Um, anything, I mean, that's exactly what you're looking for. 25 touches from him, anything with him in the middle of the field is havoc. If you can get him, you know, in the middle of the field, or at least in terms of, like, a matchup situation where he's got one guy that he can cook, like, there's no, he's a bona fide playmaker in the NFL. Like, I think that that's what we saw finally again. And we saw a little bit of it last year, and then he got hurt. But boom, here we go again. And it, I mean, the Lions exactly have a plan for him. They have a line for him. They have Jamal Williams or Williams who can compliment him. This could be really good if he stays healthy. What do you think the magic number on touches is for him? Is it twenty five? I like twenty to twenty five. Yeah, I, I like twenty to twenty five. I think he could do it. Um, although the uh, the injury here already sort of makes me worried already. Like, so yeah. maybe not. Maybe maybe I, I'm just I'm maybe just wondering how much. Why, but. I think 20, right? He was at 18. Yeah. I think 20. I wouldn't want to sit there and hammer him like 23 carries a game. I wouldn't want to do that. But yeah. I would want to get him like five or six uh, receptions or five or six targets. I was going to say, maybe some more work in the passing game. Um, can you get you up to like 22, yeah. 23? Maybe 15, 15 carries, 15 to 18 carries, and like five to eight pass targets, something like that. Yeah. Um, and a couple screens in there that you've – that you've worked on because like there's no screen. You were you were begging for a screen in that game. They didn't do it until like what the there's fourth quarter or third quarter. The, there's not a screen <laughs> that exists that they can't run with him that won't work. Like yeah. he's like the perfect screen back. Like middle. As soon as they did it, I think it was a productive screen. Wide I don't know side, how. Short side, whatever the hell you want to do. Like yeah, of course. Yeah. It's set up a touchdown. So it's like and they ran one with Hawkinson too, who's also really good at the tight end screen game, which we saw a little bit of. I hope we see more of that from them. And I think that we probably will. Like, I think we'll see more finally this year, uh, you know, more jet stuff, more two-back stuff, more different stuff. Because at, I think what we're going to see as we go forward with golf limitations and everything else, like, they're going to have to find creative ways to move the ball and score. And that includes, you know, especially when Jameson gets back. And if golf's struggling, it's like, okay, well, whatever. Run him on jets, get him in, this, in space, and just get, get the ball in his hands and let's see what happens. But you can see... The damage, right? Okay, so if you if you could picture Jamison Williams out there running around with Swift My and God. Hawkinson, yeah. Now we're talking about something, right? And we haven't even talked about St. Brown or whatever. That yeah. is what we're talking about. Like Swift is the real deal when he's. That's gonna be fun. That's gonna be fun. When all, all those dudes. Are and on I the think field that's together. what people should think about when they watch him. You know, right now running around and, and just anytime he gets into one of those situations where it's like Lions have three blockers in space against three defenders and he's got the ball, it's like, well, he's gonna get by this. It's going to be yeah. a 35-yard play, right? I mean, he's he's got it in space. I think we've always known that. And, you know, this summer was good for him. Camp was good for him. Hopefully the ankle for him is nothing more than just precaution, whatever. We'll see. But a good start for him, a good start for the backfield in general. And you mentioned the offensive line, Colton. There is some bad news there, of course, in that uh, Vitae is uh, – out with, I don't know, did Campbell say how long? He had back surgery recently? He went to Dallas for back surgery, yeah. Um, so, I don't think he's come back anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, did, yeah. he didn't want to rule him out. He's like, I'm not ruling him out for the rest of the season, but he yeah. did go to Dallas for the surgery, so, you know, we'll have to see about him. Um, I think Fraley said he's in good spirits. Like, he texted him and said, I'll be back, coach. So, yeah, that's, that's encouraging, but we'll just have to see with him. And uh, honestly, like, you look at the practice report from Wednesday, you know, Decker yeah. didn't practice. Ragnow, Frank, Frank is still going to miss yeah. some time. Like, they're going to, you know, ease him into things. Uh, Jonah Jackson was limited. Um, so they've got some dudes that are kind of banged up already. And that's not encouraging. That's four of their starting yeah. five offensive line. Like, Sewell's the only one that's like happy and ready to go. He's like going to punt somebody. Yeah. Next he's part of that out is the field. Just he's like, like ready to go at all times. Part of that is going to be how it is. And Decker, I think, is going to miss days this year just. On load in, in general, and that makes sense. Yeah, right. I don't think and, it's anything and, to read. And I think right that now, Jackson probably should too going forward because he's had a lot of reps on him in the last couple of years. But yeah, I mean, that's something you have to go through and, and work through. And the fact that they already went out and they signed um, 
who was it they signed? The guy from Philly off waivers here today, which makes me wonder, because with Vitae going out, okay, Stenberg wasn't great. If they're bringing another guy, you know, is Kramer available still, or is he still hurt? Like, uh, like that's still another... He's, he didn't practice for that. So Kramer, yeah, so it looks like he's still out, and Stenberg is probably your option, which means he has to just get better, and the rest of the guys have to grind through it. But um, you know what? Overall, though, I mean, look, Ragnall was hurt. And still played pretty well. I mean, good enough. He had some hiccups here and there. He had the bad snap and a couple of things, uh, I think, that he normally doesn't go through in pass pro. But I think otherwise, he was what you need him to be. And the line did what it needed against a really good front seven. Kind of banged up. So we can't really complain too much about that, I don't think. It was a pretty good start up front. Yeah, Fraley seemed to like the the effort that he got from those guys up front, especially Frank. He, he said, one thing about Frank, he's going to battle. You know, I think he yeah. gave it all he could. Um, and I, you, you'd expect them to, you know, heal up over time. So if they keep giving him these Wednesdays off, probably literally right. Thursday, yeah. I think he'll be fine. He'll get better over time. You don't have to worry about him. I think so. that that's what we'll see. I think, yeah. and I don't know if I would totally right off the shoot, start panicking about guys, the offensive lineman being on that practice report every day or for the first couple of days of the week anyway, except for Vitae, obviously. But like, yeah, if Decker is on there or even if Sewell's on there once in a while and they're just like, whatever, we gave him the day off. I get it because, you know, their bodies aren't going to be like they always say, like no one's going to be healthy the rest of the year. And it starts right there. And that's kind of the risk you run when you invest so heavy up front. It's like those guys get hurt a lot. <laughs> and so they have to be able to play through it. And that is now two big ones for Vitae in the last three years, which, you know, those back surgeries, I don't want to speculate because there's different types of back surgery. There, You know, obviously there's never... People say back surgery, and that can encompass a lot of different stuff. Um, but it's never good with football, especially a lineman. And he's had foot problems and everything else there, too. Uh, not a young guy. Um, so I'll, we'll see. Uh, if he can come back this year, that would be impressive. But, I mean, maybe the surgery isn't – maybe it wasn't that invasive. I don't know. I don't but know. Big, big opportunity for Logan Stunder. Oh, God. Yes. You know, step again. up and maybe take this job, maybe? If you know, Logan's, yeah. And, you know, look. He's got a chance. Last week was not good. It was, Not it was it was rough, rough start. You know, it was his first one, um, and that's that happens. Uh, it wasn't a total disaster. I, I will say that. it could have been worse. I've seen worse. Look, I just I was telling you before we started. First thing is I'd watched sixteen offenses this week. I've seen worse. I've seen worse <laughs> guard play than Logan. He wasn't the worst one, uh, but he wasn't good. <laughs> he wasn't good in pass pro, especially. And that's the thing you know that we talk about with the quickness and everything else that he's going to have to overcome and figure out. I did question. You know, a little bit of, um, well, I guess he ended up, to, he did play on the right side, so it ended up being okay. But, like, I think Campbell said earlier in the week, maybe he'd play left. But either way, it's a big opportunity for him. I liked what he did in the run game. I think everybody's liked what he did in the run game for the last several weeks. But I, I'm i not going to throw in the towel because he has impressed or, I guess, surprised me. a few. I thought he was going to get cut, like, three years ago. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> like, he's made strides and... He hung in there and battled. He had the back-to-back offsides, and they powered through it and scored a touchdown on that drive. So, like, I think he's got some perseverance. I think there's something in there. I, I They haven't given up on him, I think, for a reason. But you're right. I mean, it wasn't great to start, and it needs to be better. These guys are also kind of rallying around him. Like, yeah. uh, Fra- Fraley told a great story today uh, where it was what, what, the drive. Was that the first drive where they had the two false starts on yeah, him? Yeah, back-to-back. Yeah. And, you know, obviously Fraley's like, yeah, I'm pissed. Like, we scored yeah. a touchdown, but, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for him. I'm staring him down. He's coming back over the sideline. All of a sudden, my veteran line, they come up to me and they're like, coach, let him go. Just yeah. just let him go. You know, yeah. he'll, he'll be fine. He'll, he'll get used to it, you know. <laughs> and um, he was like, you know what? I listened to him. I, I was like, you know what? This, you're right. This is his first career start. And then he told another story where he's like, I remember my first career start. I think it was when he was with the Eagles and he said he like fumbled, he botched a yeah, snap, he down yeah. nap, yeah. And uh, low snap, the other team recovered and scored immediately and they lost the game. So he's like, his first start was a lot better than mine. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think they are going to ease him in. Like, yeah. you know, um, Fraley was kind of like, you know what, we understand it's the first group start, it's going to grow, he's going to learn. Mm-hmm. And he's got a big opportunity in front of him because he he's going to be the guy here, you know, until, unless he, Keeps playing bad, I guess, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a big chance with with Vitae out, and I think they hope uh, more than anything that he kind of takes his job and runs with it. Yeah, I mean that would be ideal for them because I mean, like, 
If they don't have to continue, if they just have a, he's a young guy. I mean, he's not an old player. He's a guy that's still on his rookie deal. You know, it's a, he's here. You don't have to, he's now could be expensive if he continues to improve and play better. Like this, him or Kramer taking that job is what you want this year. Like that's sneakily become now, if I ties out and he's going to be out for a while, as a back surgery would indicate, Kramer, I'm a little nervous about now because they've continued to add guys at his spot and he's, he hasn't practiced. But if he can get healthy, him and Stenberg keep pushing each other. This is the opportunity. Your homegrown guys that you develop right here, they take the spot and you give them the, the contract. Four of those Bob Quinn draft picks. Four of those Bob Quinn. Playing, playing the long game was yeah. Bob Quinn uh, with the Logan Stenberg start. But we're going to take a break here uh, and pause on the Zoom, come right back on the other side, and talk a little more offense, and then wrap it up with the defense. Okay, we're back. Uh, we'll wrap up on the offensive side here and then swoop over to the defense. In general thoughts, Colton, uh, in the end, I think that, you know, we talked about it at the top, that there was a lot left on the field. And that Goff realized that immediately. I think, obviously, that's a good thing. You know, I think he was frustrated, rightly so, after the game. It felt different to me than it, than it did last year at times where he did not play well in games and sort of wanted to sort of act like he thought he did. <laughs> I was like, I don't like that. This wasn't that. He didn't play well, and he can play better. And I think Campbell sort of sounded that way too. Um, general thoughts on the, I mean, that, that was a solid day considering that there were a lot of mistakes and a lot of things can get better. Uh, overall, I wouldn't panic. He scored 35 points. That should be enough to win at home. I mean, your thoughts all overall there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the bottom line for me. I mean, most weeks you're yeah. going to win with 35 points and really, right. like the, I know they lost 38, 35, but you know, the offense contributed to seven of those points. For they the did. Games, so. It's true. That's um, very true. <laughs> that's Can't do all, that. It's not all on the defense, <laughs> if people want to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that was that would have been the second most points they scored all of 2021, and they did yep. this week one against a really good Eagles defense. It ran the shit out of the ball too. Yeah. They, they, they right. really dominate up there. So yep. uh, that's encouraging to me. I mean, I guess we'll have to see if they can keep it up. Um, but I don't know how much. And, and again, it's they're at a point right now, and we have to talk about. It, they're at a point right now where they're mad at scoring 35 points. Like they, yeah. They could have scored 50, like Goff said. Maybe not 50, yeah. but even in the 40s, like that was totally sure. attainable. And they didn't that's what do you that want. Match. That's what you so want. Yeah. That's right. a good that's place to be. They got to keep I it agree. up, but that's a good I spot agree. for week one. I agree. That's a great place to be. And you flip it around and say to, def- to the defense, and you say, okay, well, maybe not as great in yeah. some of these places. <laughs> but, you know, in some of them a little bit better, and some of them maybe not. Uh, it was an adventure of a day for Aaron Glenn's defense. And I guess for Colton, it starts with the thing that. I was maybe frustrated the most with was it seemed like to me they did not they underestimated clearly I thought um the impact hurts can have with his feet like it just did yeah. not seem and now I, I give Aaron you know they adjusted you know I tweeted out you know a clip I think you included in that story about some of the pressures they put in yeah. um that are specifically designed for mobile quarterbacks and all that sort of stuff and they adjusted and they Stopped all that. But the first quarter and a half was a disaster because they could not get off the field because he's killing them in space. That, to me, was a frustrating thing because it's like, you, what were you doing for the last two weeks? Right? Well, here's my thing off that game. Campbell yeah. said all of this after the Falcons game when Desmond Ritter <laughs> Did and the same Mariota thing. ran for 82 yards combined, I think, in that first preseason game. He's like, yeah, yeah the mobile quarterbacks might give us some trouble. Killing us. Like, you have some ways to get around that. You can either sign one for the you can practice sign squad, one. give you give you a look. Um, you can do uh, eventually, like you mentioned, they like adjusted. But why did it take you that long, like to right. figure out Jalen Hurts of all people? Like you knew his best asset, yeah, right for this guy, this specific guy. And I get it. Like some of it, a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, you know, like some of these younger guys, it's like you're not really going to get a feel for it until you're out there, yeah. like going yeah. against those dudes on a Sunday. I get that, and like measuring up to that level of, of an athlete. But, man, it's like you hear Campbell say the same things, and it's like – and he took credit for it. He's like, that's on me. I didn't get the guys prepared. Like, we didn't get the guys prepared. He said that on Monday, so it's just like – Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't know if anyone one. wants to hear this now. It's like kind of – No, it's – that's that's a tough one. Yeah. The good thing is they really don't play anyone else like Jalen Hurts on the schedule, like going forward. So you got some right. guys that can run, but not the way that he does, not the way that he, you know, gets out of the pocket and just uses his legs to get those extra yards when things break down around him. So – um, not too many, at least. Not too many, and I th- not not exactly like that. And I think that the fact that they have a, they did they did adjust because they do. I think that's the frustrating thing. They have better athletes this year, and they if you put them in the right spots, I think you've got 
guys that would have would have a better chance of making that play against him. And we saw that, you know, later in the game. Yeah. But I want to start up front where everybody wanted to talk about Aiden Hutchinson and the and the front. They end up with 19 pressures, I believe it was, total in this game, and only one landed. And yeah. I think it was only maybe three hits on him, like clean hits, right, in the pocket. Mm-hmm. So that's a good news, bad news situation, obviously. And Hutchinson and Kaminsky were tied with the lead in the pressures. They both had, they both had three. Um, and it was a case of you're playing a really good line. Lane Johnson and those guys, Kelsey, that's a really good offensive line. And I liked what I saw from Hutchinson and really the rest of those guys, but we'll talk about Aiden because that's the big one, the number two pick. I liked what I saw from him physically. Uh, he was able to get knocked back more than a few times when he needed to, set a hard edge, do those things. I think he made a really nice play on Hurts that bounced the ball back. He was in on more tackles and more plays than probably you saw on the sheet. But two things. He did wear out. Um, I he, he was gassed at the end of the first quarter and into the second quarter, and it took him a minute to – to gather himself, I thought I think he got back a little bit toward the end of the game, but middle of the game did not feel like the normal Aiden Hutchinson that you're full throttle, seeing, right? Yeah, yeah. J- just didn't. I think that was pretty noticeable. And then number two, people ask me a lot about, you know, they're rushing him inside with Kaminsky. Why are they doing that? And I would say this: in this game, Philly's tackles are both really long. Lane and the other dude, I forget the other guy's name, are both like exceptionally long tackles. Aiden, as we know, is not a long edge. And the, the couple times that they did have him just go run off the edge, he got ate up by Lane Johnson's length. And in those matchups, as a pass rusher, he's going to have to work around things. And that's something that he's going to have to continue to work and develop his game on. But it's also something where the Lions, I believe, matchup-wise, will see that and move him inside and, and tinker with him. But overall, look, I thought physically what you need to see because he can hang at this level. But everything else is still sort of in progress and, and kind of come on along. And I I think that's fine. I, I, I was not shocked by that performance. It was about what I thought it would be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, against that offensive line, first yeah. game, you're, like he's, he's a rookie guy. I know 100%. Co- that's a I, legit I, group right there. I think part of it is also on the coaching staff because they've, they, they've never said a bad thing about this kid. Like, well, sure. And like, that's fair. you're raising yeah. expectations to where people think it's like the fans, Nick, Nick yeah. Bosa, like week one. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. all right, guys, he'll get there. He might need a little bit more time, but like, you know, he's a good player. He'll have a good career, all that stuff. Right. But, yeah. You know, week one, like, the hype was real from Hard Knocks, from the coaching staff. Like, every interview was like, he's a golden child. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Okay. And he's going to get 18 sacks. And yeah. it was like, okay, yeah, that's probably a bit much. But if you go back and read everything that we wrote before the draft, it was like Aiden Hutchinson, of the edge guys, was the best edge against the run, including Trayvon Walker, in terms of discipline, defend the run, all that. We had him scouted as probably the best edge against the run and probably the worst edge against in terms of pass rush. Trayvon and Kayvon Thibodeau were way better than him in terms of all the things they can do to get into the backfield and make things happen consistently. And that's something he's just going to have. Like, that's what... Makes the Bosas the Bosas. They are technical monsters every time they come off the ball. And that's the task that Aiden will have to continue to put in his arsenal. And I think the great thing and the reason why they don't get worried about him and the reason why they continue to talk about him like that, it's not just because I think they're trying to talk themselves into thinking this guy's the right draft pick, as we see teams do. Uh, But I think that they see how he works, you know, and this isn't the first time he's had a rough go. I mean, you remember the first day of practice this year. First day of practice, he got the shit kicked out of him on, like, the second snap. And Sewell dominated him for, like, the whole Full day. Pads, yeah. Full pads, yeah. And then, like, three, four days later, we go back out there, and it's a little different. And so, look, this is just how it goes with him, I think. And game one, we'll see if it it has to be better in game two, obviously. If it's not better in game two, then we got a different conversation. But I was not stunned by much, and I think that there's a lot of people still that want to see him <laughs> struggle because... He played at Michigan and not Michigan State or whatever. Do you want to talk about this? Because my mentions, and I know I have a lot you, of Michigan hey, State. Hey, you got the microphone. Go for it. I man. know I have a lot of Michigan State followers, obviously, but you guys got to chill. Like, if you're a Lions fan <laughs> and a Michigan State fan, and you're out here, like, tweeting at me, like, oh, Aiden didn't do anything. I looked, I didn't watch the game, but my box he was a ghost. he had one tackle. You got to stop. Like, come on, yeah. man. It's week one against that offensive line, against that quarterback. If you're rooting for him to fail, whatever. That's right. weird if you're a Lions fan and also an MC fan, but like that's weird. Yeah. My God. Like 
It's, people were insane. <laughs> it was like, this was, I knew it was going to be bad. Uh, we had some of that a couple years ago when they drafted Okuda with the Michigan fans that were like, I hate this guy, like no matter what he does. I knew he was a bum. You see, I told you. You should have drafted that other guy. Uh, you know, and some of that happens every year regardless with Lions pick, but this was like kind of the perfect storm to where I felt like, I actually thought it was going to get bad in the first preseason game. And then he went out and had that, like, TFL in the first play. And I was like, oh, shit, some people are not going to be able to say anything for a while. And they laid in wait. And they were waiting uh, for this one. So, you know, whatever. It was, a, I guess, a, a rookie start for a rookie. <laughs> and and let me clarify. It. If you are a Michigan State fan and not a Lions fan, go ahead and talk your shit. You know? Yeah, so, like, I, I that's great. I don't care. Yeah. But, like, I just think it's weird if you're both to just, like – Oh, he yeah. went to Michigan, so I already consider him a bust in my mind. Like, right. That's just weird to me. And yeah. all I ask is that you pay attention. Just yeah. be like, hey, just watch the game, okay? Like, yeah. he did not have eight sacks. He could have played better, obviously, and all this. And the whole group, I think you could say the same thing. And right now, I think also with him wearing out, I think he played near, nearly 70 snaps. Um, you know, they're thin up there. You know, Chris was talking about this to me during the game a little bit. Like, maybe it was Sunday night after. Like, until they get all their guys back. You know, Romeo, Julian, um, everybody that we're talking about, Pascal. Um, I don't know what you do. Yeah, Levi, I mean, it's going to be hard. And, you know, you, you want to match up guys a little bit now and again. You want to see if you can get Aiden fresh against a guard who he can beat and see what happens, right? Like, you can't necessarily do that right now. And that's another thing to take into context. And frankly, overall, after they made the adjustments uh, up front, um, I think, We'll talk about this in a second with Derek Barnes, but Malcolm played well. I thought Anzalone played well. Um, after they made the adjustments with Hertz, I thought they did okay against the run. I thought they did okay against the run. I thought they were, and, and we said that we expected them to be tougher to run against this year. And I thought traditional run stuff, other than the last play where Kelsey was Kelsey, they were hard to run against. I, you know, I thought they were a challenge up there, which is what you want to see. Malcolm made some plays. I think that was good. Yeah, I agree. I will say Campbell. He kind of alludes to the fact that Aiden needs some help too. And he does. He, you know, some of those guys weren't really doing their jobs. So, <laughs> and that's yeah. going to happen with his position, and that's something that look. I covered Rashawn Gary at Michigan, <laughs> and I dealt with all that bullshit. For and look at him now. How many? Look at him now. Rashawn yep. Gary got. He had like two sacks last week, and now he's he's got paid. Yeah, of course, because we all knew he would. But it was back then when they had him playing the heavy end. He's taking on doubles. He's eating the edge. He's setting the edge. He's setting other people up for success. That's part of his job. And I know people out there are going to hate when I say that, but that's part of his job. So deal with it. One guy that needs to improve, though, we can all agree on is Barnes. Um, yep. He's the guy that I circled in terms of the whole thing and, and was like, this cannot happen again. He can't have a game like that again the rest of the way. Like, he missed some really critical gotta-have-it tackles that killed them in this yep. game, including the one at the end that, you know... He cut off Hutchinson, who was probably going to make the play. I couldn't tell if Hutchinson cut him off and or Barnes cut him kind of, Yeah, it was kind of... Derek, like, took the wrong... It was uh, it, not a good day for him at all. Um, to get your hands on him like that in that spot and not be able to make that play, that's, that happened a couple times, uh, is really bad. And it's, it's like, I wonder if he's pressing too hard and if Malcolm has him... Nervous, I don't know, but like he has to settle down and start making plays because Jalen Hurts' ability to make things happen with his feet, that's why you need Derek Barnes on the field. Yeah, like and, is, and an athlete like that. Oh, yeah, when he's under control and knows what he's doing and can cut it loose, he's your antidote for that. And But when he's not, he's a complete liability and you can't have him out there. And so, I don't know, I mean, like, they're rotating still, but your thoughts on, on just the linebacker spot in general and then Barnes specifically? No, I mean, like... I think I think Malcolm might be the I think Kyle Kyle Mike had that uh Malcolm was the first like six round pick to start for the Lions in however many years. Oh really? Like, something like that, yeah. Hey. I, I should get the uh full credit there, but <laughs> for to, to Kyle. But um yeah. yeah, I mean that's the that kind of shows you where things are right now, um, with the linebackers. Like And he was our best one, by the way. He was. <laughs> like PFF had him like eleventh or twelfth overall. I would agree with PFF. He was our best one. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> You know, like Barnes, Barnes, I think PFF had him like... Barnes was bad. He was one of the worst linebackers in the league. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, was he was bad. 70 he was bad first, against the run and the pass. So, 71st out yeah. of 77 graded players. Uh, right. he had three, they had him at three missed tackles. Um, and they were all like, gotta have it tackles. Too. Right, They're <laughs> right there for him yeah, where like, everything's yeah. set up perfectly. You just gotta go ahead and make the play. Right. Um, so it didn't happen. 
Um, but Barnes, man, it's like it, it's such a double-edged sword because like you want him out there against a quarterback yeah, oh, like that yeah. because he's right. so athletic, because he can move, because he can chase him down. But if the other stuff isn't there, mm-hmm. you got to put in Malcolm. You got to put in Anzalone because they can actually like they know what to do in those situations, and it's, it's tough. And, I, and I he's get, still so young, and it's like I yeah. hate I hate to because I feel like Rodriguez is ramping up the learning curve for him. Fair or unfair, I don't know, because he's just doing it so quickly. Um, but, yeah, it's got to happen faster for him because if it can't, then he's going to be a third-year player soon, and then now we're not talking about a young guy anymore. So, like, this is the time right now where when you think back about, like, where did it go wrong for Jared Davis? It's like, well, right around now when it, when he figured out, like, i, I yeah. got to start making plays or you're going to fall behind, and then the confidence thing and everything else, and then it snowballs. And then it's all over. And it's just like, that's sort of, not that those are the same exact situations, but I look in there and I see a role for him right now and he could help them in so many ways. And it's like, yeah, they're dying for him to, to click, to get it, to get it to turn the corner. You can tell yeah. just in a, across the board. And at this point, I'm kind of like, we can't keep hearing, oh, he's, he's coming along, you know, he's progressing. Right. Because like, yeah. It seems like every time that happens, he takes a step back. And it's like, yeah, right. He ended the preseason on, on a high note. And then the first game, we're like, all right, he's got some momentum. It's like, up and down. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, maybe next game he'll come out and play really well. And we'll be like, all right, so what's, yeah, get week three, what's going to happen there? So. Speak, speaking of up and down, as we move on to the secondary here, uh, <laughs> into the, we'll start with the good. Okay. okay. Uh, and that was Jeff Okuda, who I thought, I don't, I don't want to say this without having to go, because I'd have to go back and really look through the 20, because I think he had some, Days that were better than people give him credit for in 2020. But I thought this was his best game as a pro, probably. Um, against a good team, good players. He was running with Devonta Smith the whole day. Devonta didn't have any catches. Uh, he had the one PI that, unless something happened, like, bang, bang, like, that I didn't see, I don't know what that PI was. He tackled well, fit the run. Yeah. yeah, so all things considered, he had the PBU early uh, on, the, on the first stop. I think he had two of them, in fact. Uh, really good, really good debut for him. And I bet loss aside, there probably weren't too many guys that went home with a smile, like on their face bigger than that guy, because he probably had to prove to himself a little bit that I can do this again. Right. Oh, and, he absolutely um, did. Yeah. And I think that he did a little bit and that was good to see. Good to see for him. For sure. What are your thoughts on Jeff? And did he talk today or this week at all? Or after um, game? he talked after the game. I, I, didn't, I didn't get yeah. a chance to get over there, but yeah. I mean, just knowing, knowing Jeff and everything he was talking about in the offseason leading up to this, every, what you just hit on, like, I need to prove this to myself. Mm-hmm. That's all he was saying. Like, I don't care what anyone else thinks of me. Yes, yeah, I know that, yeah. that I can do this, and it's just a matter of me going out on the field and proving it. And yep. in, t- in terms of week one, that's a hell of a What start. he did. Um, I agree. Yeah. You know, first time playing football in a year, like, you know, that's that's a great start. And, like, yeah, he wasn't a perfect game. I think he'll admit that. And, We'll talk to Aaron Glenn tomorrow, so I'm sure he'll have some, mm-hmm. you know, further thoughts on that. But I mean, just getting him out there on the field and you know playing the way that he did, where he was serviceable. It's, it was like when he left the game, it was noticeable because they had Will right. Levis going there, and then AJ yeah. torched him for 50 yards. And, <laughs> and people were like, "Where's Okuda?" Like we're to that point now where like yeah. Jeff needs, he needs to be out there. Yeah, and that's that's so encouraging. And I mean, I wrote in this the fact or fiction story that I, that posted uh, early earlier today that. You know, can you build around Jeff Okuda? I said TBD, but we're trending in the right direction. Because hey, he's yeah. playing like that. Yeah. Even if he can be a solid, you know, CB2, you can go out and draft yeah. maybe another CB1 or, a, a, you know, sign someone that can play that role next to him. Like, that's a serviceable guy if he's playing the way that he was playing on Sunday. I agree. So, the fact that it's even TBD is improvement. The yeah. fact that it's even that we're talking about, because we were at this, at this time last year, we were talking about you have to now basically erase his name off the board, not just take the ink off of it and say you have to put it in pencil. You have to erase his name off the board and say that position's wide open again. You cannot yeah. trust that he is going to be there post-injury and he's got to prove it and all these things, which they made him do, yeah. which they said. You have to compete for the job. You have to prove to us that you can do it, prove for yourself, all that. And you just hit on it, Colton. Uh, if if he can continue to prove to be a steady hand and be a guy that you just invest in, you're like, okay, he's, he's going to be here. And like you said... The difference between CB1 and CB2 in this league, you know, at a standard level is probably not that great. He can be a guy that's in your rotation outside starting every day. And if Amani's not that guy, which I think as we go forward, there are questions with him. Yeah. Um, like you said, you can go draft another guy. You can spend some money when it's time to do that. I mean, that's going to be coming up here soon. Uh, and maybe that's what they're holding out on and seeing if they can 
I, I wonder about that because I've had a lot of people ask us about the corners uh, and people that I know that know football pretty well. They're like, what the hell are they doing with the corners, man? Like, what the yeah. hell is this? They're not. And my theory on it is they're, they're trying right now to develop the hell out of everybody there that they think is worth. Let's because I think they still think that Oruarie can be useful yeah. um, for them down the road. Probably not as a CB one. He's probably not going to be the number one corner here in two years. Yeah. But maybe he's the three. I don't know. Maybe you know, or maybe he's the two and Jeff's the one, and they find another guy. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But I think you know when you look at Jacobs, what they're trying to do with him, they're trying to squeeze all the stuff they can to see who's a keeper before they go get another guy. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of what's going on here. And their hope is. We hope we don't have to get two guys. We hope we just only have to go get one guy. And if mm-hmm. Jeff can keep playing like this, hey, maybe that's what you're talking about, right? To your point. And we talked about that, I know, after the game. But, like, that's one of the biggest positives maybe of the whole day from Sunday was that he held his own and made some plays and looked like a good football player out there like that you can depend on. It's what you want to see, right? I mean, that's yeah, yeah hard to argue with. I buy that theory of yours, by the way, just because yeah. they do have AG. They do have Aubrey Pleasant. They trust those guys to kind of yeah, they know how the to, talent yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And what they can get out of those guys, and maybe it's not the time to go and spend there because you're still rebuilding. But yeah, when it is the time, uh, you have a, a firm idea of what you have at that position, what you need, and you know, right. you can go out and and, and you wouldn't have to. You're not you're not asking someone to come in and save you right. from destitution at the position. You're you're saying come in and be like the ace in a really good room. Yes, or come in and fit in in a really good room. Whatever. I think that's what they're. I would guess that they trust, and we've saw this with safety too. I think it's a little bit, although you can question some of that. <laughs> but I think they trust their development there. Uh, and if we go forward and I'm proven wrong, I'm proven wrong. But I still think that's maybe where that's going. But in the here and now, that doesn't do much good for you because Will Harris, is a, uh, that didn't look good at all in, in very limited action. And Amani, God love him, man. It's it's tough. I mean, he, he, uh, he has trouble against the run. Every time they go to his side, it ends up being a massacre over there. And he is just not elite in press. And uh, we'll see. I mean, but every time I say that about him, he bounces back and finds a way to make plays. And maybe that's what he'll do this year. I don't know. But uh, it was up and down there. Safeties, again, We uh, I think Tracy Walker, did he end up getting fined? Uh, <laughs> I, I know he was say. being investigated or whatever, <laughs> or whatever by the NFL. Yeah. Uh, Tracy's fight aside... Um, which I think Campbell was like, I'm mad about it because they say I have to be mad about it, but I actually don't care or whatever. <laughs> I thought he played really well before that. I thought he played really well and was playing his ass off. He had like 13 or 14 tackles before he got ejected. So dropped, not dropped a pick, but had a, had a pick on his hands that I know he'll be pissed about. Yeah. Um, and that was a good day from him, I thought. You'd like to see him finish the game. Really? All that. Yeah. But... Hey, man, like for a guy that we challenge a lot on this show and the Lions have challenged a lot to sort of live up to what we think he can be, he keeps on doing it. He gets better a little bit every time we see him. And I thought this was probably his best training camp as a pro. And I thought that was a good start from him. Yeah. And, you know, I think you can kind of maybe chalk up some of the issues late to not having Trace on the field. Probably so. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't great. But, you know, he let the emotions, his emotions get the best yeah. of him. And you, that can't happen from a guy that you consider right. to be a veteran leader. And, you know, he let his team down. He, he kind of admitted that, like, I got to be better, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's good that he owned up to it, but certainly didn't help. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, right. Yeah. In the meantime, though, like, like before he exited the game, like, he was playing some really good football. He had the lone sack off the backside. Yep. Um, like, was doing his job in every single way. Um, so he was looking like the guy that we've been talking about in camp as a guy yeah. that wants to take on that role, that wants to be involved in everything, and that, you know, AG wants the safety to have such an important role in this on this defense. And he was looking like that guy before he got ejected. Yeah. So. I, and I think that for the first time in a good minute here, maybe since they've traded, they traded Diggs, uh, it feels like they've got two safeties back there that you can more or less trust with yeah. him and Hughes. Like, that felt like a pretty good group. I didn't see a lot of situations because normally we look out there – in the last couple of years, Chris would know this, and all the listeners on this show, you look out there, and everybody's got it covered right, and then one of those safeties is like, what the hell are you doing? Where are you? Where are you running to? Like, And then it's like, oh, shit, touchdown. That didn't that didn't happen in this game. No. And that didn't happen in the preseason. Uh, there were I thought Elliot, Elliot was solid, too. Yeah, yeah Elliot, yes. Hughes, Elliot, all the guys that came in, I thought, played pretty well. I think they're in a good spot there. I think a better spot than they were at this time last year. That keeps getting better and better and better. And I, 
I like all the young guys they've kept, Kirby and Melifonwu. I think you're going to continue to get development there. And the old guys that they have there right now, who aren't that old, are playing pretty well. They seem to like each other. And I think that's good. I think that they've got a nice... They're going to play split safety pretty much all the way. Uh, that's how AG coaches defense. And you have to have two guys that you can trust, and I feel like they finally do. They're not They're not elite. They're not elite. Like, Tracy is a good NFL safety. He's not an elite NFL safety. And I still think that a case could have been made for, you know, seeing what it would have taken to get C.J. Johnson over here or Gardner Johnson or whatever. But, like, if you don't, if you don't want to because you don't want to rock the boat, I get that too. But it was also like we had to see it from Tracy, and I think we kind of did. Like I, I yep. think that that's he got a contract in the offseason. Some people kind of questioned whether or not he deserved it. I didn't get that. I thought he absolutely deserved it. But another guy that he said he had he options to make more yeah, money elsewhere too. I so. think so. And yeah. I, again, I don't think he had to prove anything. I think he's a good player, but maybe he felt like he maybe he did. I don't know because he plays like he. That's a guy who plays like he's got something to prove every time he plays. It's just why he's a captain and they love him. And that's why Campbell was like, we want you to stay here, please. Please, yeah. God, stay here. <laughs> or whatever. So yeah. that was encouraging. But again, you look at it and you say, like, all things together, they're still short. They're still just short in, in so many areas where it's like you got to be perfect in a lot of spots. And you just can't have the injuries are hurting them. Um, the youth, I think, right now is something that they just have to deal with. But... It was. It's hard, to, I guess, to look at that game and be encouraged totally by the defense. But I'm not discouraged. I guess. I'm not, 30, I 30, know, 31 points. You know. If yeah, you that's not those. good. You need to win that game. Like, and that's gonna. Like Chris, after the game, texted me. He's like, he's not. Aaron's not gonna sleep for three days. They scored 35 and lost at home. Like that's bad. You can't. In the NFL, man, you got to get those games, and he knows that as well as, well as anybody. But it's a. It's it's a weird. Weird, because I'm not. I'm not discouraged. I, we have seen worse. <laughs> we have seen worse from that group uh, against worse teams, frankly. So, well, think, yeah. think about it. Like we talked, like leading up to the season, this front we we like their defensive line. We like some of their guys up front, mm-hmm. and a lot of pressure is going to be on those guys to get home and create pressure. And yeah, they didn't really do it a ton. Like obviously, when you're playing Jalen Hurts, you can erase some of that. So. Going forward, if that is still the formula, correct. If they they gave up thirty one points, it's not good. But if you if you're playing less mobile quarterbacks and you're you know those guys are getting home a little bit more often, that helps the rest of the defense entirely. Oh, yeah. So I think there's even though you know people are like fire ag. <laughs> well, know, good god, yeah, not not, not quite, but uh, he probably could have defended that ball Will Harris had better than Will Harris did, but that's neither here there. Yeah, it's like <laughs> these, these guys got to make plays on the field. Like right. ag can only do so much. Um, but yeah. I think going forward, like there are still reasons to be somewhat optimistic, and maybe that things will be a little bit better. And you can get that thirty-one points that you allowed, you know, not counting pick yeah. six. You can get that thirty-one down to what 25, 24, and your offense is twenty-four. Still, yeah, right. Yeah, yep. Your offense is still doing its thing. I, you know, I think you can feel good about that going forward. This um, is a big day Sunday here. I feel like this is a big opportunity for them. Um, not like a must win or any of that shit because whatever, who cares? This team's not yeah. going to the playoffs. I don't think anybody's realistically on, you know, on a guarantee of that. But like a big opportunity to show to the fans and to everybody who sort of bought the possibility that this team is on the right track. And they are on the right track in a lot of areas, but there's still so many questions that are unanswered. Big opportunity to show up, fix a lot of the errors that were obvious in week one that are fixable, play well, and get a win because they can beat that team. Yeah. Like that's that's the thing. You're now we're talking about a team coming in here that you can beat. Yeah. They've got some nice players. They've got some good receivers that are going to challenge them. Uh, the line's going to have you know Chase Young, all these guys. Like they've got good players. That's a good football team with some nice pieces. Probably a better talented team than the Lions, top to bottom. Yeah. But certainly a team they can beat at home. And I don't know if should beat is the right word or not. But like that's an opportunity to go out and show that you're different. That this is different. This is not what it was. We're going somewhere different. And I feel like. Because you're gonna get gonna get a good crowd. People are gonna be there. They're gonna be on for it again, and they're gonna give you that so many times. But y- if you waste it, they're not gonna give it back to you. So if you keep botching opportunities like that with good crowds, it's gonna start to hurt. And that's why I feel like Sunday is a sneaky big sort of opportunity here early for mm-hmm. them to at least play well. I don't know. The Lions favored on this one? I think it's... They might two, be. Two and a half point home favorite. Yeah. So, when's the last time that happened? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> Jesus. That is, that's I mean, a really good question. Especially in September. My yeah. God. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not, forget forget coming out of it one and one or anything else that, 
you know, all that. Just, like, prove that you can make the corrections that you have to make and that you're not making regressions either. That your your baseline is good enough to compete and do the things you have to do. And if you can make four or five more plays, you win the game. Yep. That's what we need to see. And that's where we're at with it. And I think that the frustration, if they don't get to those situations and they do fall short against teams like this, that frustration will be warranted. And that's a new thing, too, for this group who... You know, we've defended them a lot, and uh, rightly so, over the last... Last year was hard to defend them quite a few times. <laughs> it's like, you know, especially when it was early in the season and they hadn't won a game and people were like, oh my God, are they going to go winless? And I was like, maybe. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, it was easy to defend them because you knew where they were going. Uh, and it's still, in a lot of ways, easy to defend a lot of what they're doing. But, you know, like we just said, if you take these opportunities and you can't finish with them... Those are going to be hard to unsee, and it's going to be harder to justify to fans like that you shouldn't be frustrated because yeah. some of that stuff shouldn't happen anymore, and I think that's fair. They're kicking themselves because they knew they had a chance to win this game, and they didn't, yep. and they know that this can't continue. And Campbell talked about the crowd getting into it, and like if we lose this next game and we go on the snowball here, like the fans are going to be out of it. Like, yeah, it, you know, I think he understands what's at stake yes. coming up here. So big day, big day on Sunday. Uh, Colton and I will be there to break it all down. We'll be back next week to talk about it. You got anything else here today, Colton, before we run out? I don't know what a long day there up at uh, Allen Park. We'll be back there tomorrow. I know AG talks, right? Uh, coordinators tomorrow? Coordinators tomorrow. Right. Uh, lock them back open again the next couple days. So, yeah. Very good. Well, we'll see Carson Wentz and Washington in here on Sunday. I guess that we'll be here to break it all down. Uh, in any event, for Colton, I'm Nick. Be good to each other, and we'll talk to you guys later.